What has evolved more um, recently is that whole influencer kind of um, approach to business, which is finding those people that um, will talk about you and what you do. So bloggers or PR. Basically, it's a new version of PR. And there is much more interest in that lately. And so we've been doing more of that for clients, trying to position them for interviews and to reach out to people that would influence their potential clients. Welcome to Improv is No Joke podcast, where it's all about becoming a more effective communicator by embracing the principles of improvisation. I'm your host, Peter Margaritas, the self-proclaimed chief edutainment officer of my business, The Accidental Accountant. My goal is to provide you with thought-provoking interviews with business leaders so you can become an effective improviser, which will lead to building stronger relationships with clients, customers, colleagues, and even your family. So let's start the show. Welcome to episode 23 of Improv is No Joke podcast. Thank you very much for downloading this episode. Today's guests, plural guests, is Tom and Claudia Trusty of Trusty and Company, a wonderful full-service marketing firm located in Dublin, Ohio. Now I've known the trustees for many years, and they built my first website some eight-plus years ago. This year, we just did our fourth redesign on the website. And I will say this. Anyone who has ever been to my website over the last eight years have said how much they like the site. It goes to the magic of Tom and Claudia, the newest iteration, which blew my doors off. The compliments have exceeded prior versions. Go take a look at it at www.petermargaritas.com. And if you like it, hit me up on Twitter at, at pmargaritas and use the hashtag trustees do great work. During the interview, we also talk a lot about content marketing and SEOs. But before we get to the interview with Tom and Claudia, if you're enjoying my podcast, I would greatly appreciate it if you would take the time to write an iTunes review. It helps with the visibility in the iTunes world so I can attract a larger audience. If you're unsure of the steps in writing a review, please visit this episode on my website and look in the show notes for directions. Remember, you can listen to my podcast by downloading the episode from my website at petermargaritas.com or on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And also, if you've not signed up for the SN Challenge, please go to my website and scroll down to the SN Challenge call to action and click to register to begin building the effective habit of yes and and the principles of improvisation. And remember to share your experiences on Twitter using the hashtag YesAndChallenge. Now, if you're unsure of what the SN Challenge is all about and you're new to this podcast, I discuss it in greater detail in episode zero. So go back and take a listen. I would like to share with you a recent article that I wrote for my blog on October 25th titled, We All Want to Be Heard, Especially Your Clients. I write, I do have something for you to consider, however, over the next couple months before January. It's simply this. We all want to be heard especially your clients. Being heard requires someone to actually listen. Listening requires putting our own agendas aside and prioritizing the person in front of us. Really listening to your colleagues and clients this busy season will make your life so much better. Why? People will feel heard, validated, and as a result, they'll feel positively towards you, which will make your stress decrease significantly. 
If you'd like to read more of this blog posting, then go to my website, petermargaritas.com, and click the menu bar, Pete's blog. With that said, let's get to the interview with Tom and Claudia Trusty. Hey, welcome, everybody. I'm here today with Tom and Claudia Trusty of Trusty and Company. And first and foremost, thank you both for taking time out of your hectic, busy schedule to spend some time with me on my podcast today. Well, you're very welcome, Pete. We are so excited to be here with you, and we're never too busy for you. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Pete. Appreciate the opportunity. Uh, it's great, great having you guys. I've, I've known the trustees, let's just say for a while. A while. And we have been doing been doing business for a while. A while. And she says that with a smile, not uh it's about time that you leave, Pete. <laughs> nope, never. No. And they are a marketing company. So why don't you guys tell my audience what you guys do? A little bit about your background, a little about trustee and company. What we do is work with small and mid-sized businesses to help them bring their stories to their audience. And marketing is really about communication, and so we use whatever tools um, and resources that we can um, develop that help our clients connect with their audience. Just that simple. It is that simple. It really is. So, Claudia, what's your role in the company? I do, uh, let's see, I'm the and company part. And company. (laughs) (laughs) I do most of our business development, um, working with clients, client services, us to do a lot of writing, but we collaborate on so much of each project that there's an intense amount of overlapping. And Tom, you're I'm the grunt. You're the grunt. <laughs> I take out the trash, I clean the dishes. I do the design and uh, web design, print design, a little bit of interactive work, a little bit of IT, even though we're not an IT company, we have to help our customers solve those problems sometimes. Um that's pretty much it, really. He's the artist behind the Van Gogh. He is. He's the artist behind the Picasso. And we have gone over the years that we've been doing business. Where we just launched a few months ago. I'm trying. I can't remember what version. Fourth or fifth, maybe. Fourth or fifth version of the website. And if you if you go out to my website, www.petermargaritas.com, it is. The feedback that I've gotten from those who have seen other websites, I can sum it up in one word. Wow. (laughs) And and that's just not because we're sitting across the table from each other. I I was just in uh, Nashville this week, and my contact there went, I love your website. Why did you change? And we'll talk about why I, I, I changed that website. But you guys really took something that everybody liked anyhow. Always, I, there's never been one person to go, who did that? No, there's, there's always been there's always been positive comments. There's always people coming up to me saying, "Who did your site? Can you give me their contact information?" I say, "Sure, for a small twenty dollar bill, be happy to give you their information." <laughs> but this this one really kind of blew everybody away. So I wanted to kind of start the conversation since a lot of the audience uh, may be entrepreneurs. I know I have a lot of speaker friends out there who are always trying to find that next edge. And if you don't have a website anymore, you don't exist. Or how can people find you? And so when we looked at redoing my website, what was some of the things that you guys thought that we needed to address? 
Well, what we really wanted to do is find out what you thought you needed to address and what you thought would help you better connect with your potential clients. Um, and so those ideas we take back. And, and to be honest, what I do is go to Tom and say, you know what we need to do? And I come up with this pie in the sky kind of concept. And then he figures out how to make it work, making it easy to understand, visually attractive, making sure we hit all of the key selling points for your business right. are really critical. And then developing the behind the scenes infrastructure to accomplish that is really Tom's job. Because I, I know when I came to you guys and I said, I got some feedback, I want to change the website, and make it more dynamic and something along the lines of less words, more pictures, more interaction. Because what's the average time spit on a web page? When somebody's surfing and they come to my page and they've never been there before. It varies, but it could be seconds. It could be not at all if the page doesn't load properly. Even just from that back of the house piece, if it doesn't load. Yes, but if I remember correctly, your site was, your previous site was considered a little bit too corporate. It was a good-looking site. Right. Did its job very well, except it was more focused towards a corporate audience where you needed to change it to freshen it up, lighten it up, make it a little little more friendly to to non-corporate audience. To non-corporate, to meeting planners, to those who are out there looking to book me uh, for a speaking engagement. Yeah, and that was was from the National Speakers Association group of people that had around me talking about. That was some of the feedback Mm -hmm. they gave. Lose some of the words, make it more dynamic. But I I even find myself, if I go to a web page and... I start looking at if there's, and it might be just because of a focus issue and ADHD, but if I see too much, just say content there, I might not even continue to search on or even look. There have been lots of an evolution on website development over the last, clearly over the last five years, certainly from the beginning. And some of the technology that's available now for us to use was not available just a few years ago. So graphics can become more predominant. Um, the philosophy on content changes back and forth based on the type of business, but there's a point at which you can have too few words because right. you're not getting credit for what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And then there's the opposite. This is way too many words. Unless it's an academic, nobody's going to read all this. Exactly. I'll share an interesting story with the audience. I was attending a, um, a speaker university conference earlier this year in February, and there's about 70 speakers attending this conference. And, and the speaker was talking about websites and acronyms like SEO and, and things along those lines, which is still, I'm still trying to put my mind around some of the, the analytics behind the website. Mm-hmm. And out of the room, he, he made a comment, says, how many, how many of you ever Googled their name? Or one, he started, who has their website with their name as the domain? You know, some hands went up. I'd say maybe half the room, maybe a little bit more went up. And he said, has anybody ever Googled their name? And I was, I was surprised a lot of people hadn't. And at that point, everybody started Googling their name. And they said, how many in this room, when you Google your name, your name is the first thing you see on, the, uh, on Google? And a very small percentage of us, maybe six, seven hands went up. And then he said, how many, when you Google your name, you take up the whole page? And there were only two of us in the room with our hands up, and I was one of them. And I started to think, why? And then it dawned on me. I knew why. I just didn't know why. 
And I, I knew why. It's because you guys. I just didn't know why. And, what and we I, did to yeah, make that what, happen. What you, and, and that's not something that just happens overnight. No, it generally takes months and months to um, achieve those kinds of goals. Even um, sometimes it doesn't happen, especially if you have a very common name. If your name is Joe Smith, it's going to be really hard. Right. To fill up the page with you as that Joe Smith. Okay, yes. But with a name that sounds like a cocktail, pronounced like a cocktail, that's <laughs> spelt like an inflammation, yeah, there's a, a little bit easier. Yeah, a little bit easier. I, I didn't even see a margarita glass yeah. or anything referenced yeah, to no Jimmy Buffett. Up there, huh? no, no recipes <laughs> up there. So, what, what was it behind the scenes that you guys did in order over the years that we've been doing business together that I was one of a few of a group of speakers who I thought to be a lot more that their name was all over that page. Well, a lot of it is just in coding the website properly. Uh, a lot of it is in your Google Analytics setting. There are all sorts of little bits and pieces that, that contribute to, to that end result. It also helped the fact that you had PeterMargaritas.com for quite some time. For quite some time, yeah. right. Even though it went through different phases, it was still there. Some of the other best practices that are out there... Um, SEO or search engine optimization is not a science. It is very flexible based on whatever the search engines are demanding from you. And we follow Google's best practices. And, and actually, if you're a web developer, Google puts out thousands of pages of how-tos. You just have to go through them oh, okay. and learn what they like and what they don't like. And they, what they like can change. Generally, about 500 algorithm changes a year. So they may like something today, but down the road, they're going to hate it. So 500 different algorithms a year, they could like something in the morning and change it in the afternoon? They could. Generally, they're not enormous changes, right. but they do change them with a degree of frequency. So Tom is really great at, at keeping up to date with what Google demands because Google owns search engine optimization and search engine searches. Right. So it's best to do what they want. So is the search engine optimization, is it like keywords that are put in the coding of the website and, and other things that we do? Uh, to a certain extent, yes, but it's also just a solidly built website. You know, code that's not sloppy, code that's sufficient. All of these little subtle things will give you a higher rating. Mm -hmm. Interesting. I mean, even things like keywords are important, although... Right. They're kind of not as important today as they were a few years ago. Oh, really? Yeah. And and because all these other technologies are coming to surface. Okay. So a, a site isn't built just on words anymore. And and so we still follow those best practices because they're important. The, the most critical thing is to build a site that looks and communicates very well to the customer. Okay. If customers understand it and can read it, the robots in the search engine can find it and read it. Okay. If you keyword stuff, which is called black hat SEO, and try to play some games, Google's going to catch you and they're going to shut you down. And we did have that happen to a client who, we didn't do it, mm -hmm. but he hired somebody else to take this gorgeous site that we had built him and to do a bunch of behind-the-scenes manipulation. And Google shut him down. When you said shut them down, that when you search for them, they just wouldn't come up. That's right. And his business is driven off of people being able to search and find him. Oh, wow. 
So, and that's another reason why, um, remember when we did this, this newest design for you, we talked about responsive web design because Google came right out last year and said, if your website is not responsive, meaning if it does not resize perfectly for any size device from a mobile phone to a desktop, we're going to start punishing you in mobile search. And think of, of responsive as uh, just replace that with mobile friendly. With mobile so friendly. The website yeah. needs to be friendly for mobile devices. Right. And so. I do remember when we were talking about this, you said that's one of the most important things that we need to do is it must it, it must be able to be read on a desktop, an iPad, and on an iPhone. iPhone right. And I never really thought about that until you guys had mentioned it and we were doing the site and, and I was playing around with the going, yeah, I can put it, yeah, it's there. But, Five years ago, seven, eight years ago, nobody was thinking about it. Just birth of the iPhone and, and smartphones, that changed the, overnight, that changed the situation. And then now, I, because I'm so aware of it, I go to websites now on my phone, I can't read them. Or they, they say, it cannot be read on this device. So when it says it cannot be read on this device, Google's giving them a demerit. Basically, yeah. I mean, they don't explain to you how they're doing that. But for instance, if you were going to search restaurants in Dublin, Ohio, mm -hmm. and you have a 10 of them that have mobile-friendly websites and 10 that do not, the 10 that do not will go to the bottom of the list. Okay. That's what Google said they were going to phase in. Now, who knows when they're going to take that even further to say, okay, if you're on an iPad, Mm -hmm. Or if you're on any other device, if you're not fully responsive or fully friendly, we're going to start putting you down. And, and most businesses don't want to take that risk. So when you say putting them down so they're on page two, three, or four, and, and I, you guys yeah. know this better than I do, what's the likelihood that somebody Googles something and they go to page two or three or four? Unless they're trying to find um, a specific... You know, a specific thing, you know, like, oh, I've got, I know the name is Sparky, right. but I can't remember the whole name. Right. Um, maybe then, or people like us that do it just to see. Just to see where. <laughs> see what's going on. Yeah. You know, yeah. Before we meet with a client, we always Google them to see where they are. <laughs> I can't think of anybody that would bother. Yeah. The bottom line is if you're not on page one, you're, you're nowhere. Yeah, they can't. Mm -hmm. you're, all, you're pretty much just lost out in the intro, exactly. interwebs or something, whatever they call that thing now. Lost in cyberspace. Lost in cyberspace. Yeah, I think I saw that episode on Lost in Space. <laughs> no, a whole, whole different thing. So my, I know my site can be seen on any type of device that's out there now. That, that was critical. The design was, was, was great. I always enjoyed the marketing conversation between the non-marketer slash accountant slash podcast interviewer <laughs> slash whatever and the marketing folks because I'll we'll go down something and Claudia will just look at me and go, now here, let me explain that to you. Or <laughs> or, or or even better, have you thought about this? No, Pete, that's not what I say. What I try <laughs> to say <laughs> what I try to say is Yes, and that's an interesting idea, Pete. <laughs> there are other opportunities to pursue. <laughs> and, and did you notice as she said that, I kind of cut yeah, the, what she said and what I heard, but she also said two magic words there. Yes, and. The yes, and. <laughs> and, and, yes. and, 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 and <laughs> well, what, you're getting moved to the top of my search engine. <laughs> my SEO is yes. <laughs> those key words. Focus, listen, yes, and uh, is uh, actually speaking of which, if you're fans of Stephen Colbert, 
It was a repeat, but last night he on Keegan Michael Key. Oh, he's fabulous. And they were talking about, he's in a movie that was um, uh, written by Mike Birbiglia, a, a huge headliner stand up comic based off of improv. And then Colbert's a, a graduate of Second City, and they get into this whole thing why improv is just the opposite of Hollywood, of show business. And it's a great five minute clip. Oh, I'll have to go find that. To, to watch. But we were talking about when you, you said the word collaboration earlier. Mm-hmm. And with, with Tom being the guy behind the curtain, the, the, the Oz, and you guys are going back and forth on... Does that make me the witch in front of the curtain? <laughs> the good witch. Oh, okay, yeah. thank you. Glenda. I, I believe... I, nice I, I, thank yeah, you yeah, but That was pure improv. Because I had to go into... Yes, yes, yes and get, get the roller decks going. What was the good witch's name? What was the good witch's name? Glenda. Glenda the good witch. <laughs> Yes, and yeah, I just think I just went blank over that. <laughs> but the collaboration between you two, I would say, knowing you two, Tom, analytical, kind of very in that logical and building the design and stuff. You very outgoing, gregarious. How does that work with the collaboration? Because you guys have two different views. I would say, I know you've worked together for a while, but you come at things from different approaches. I don't know that we could work together otherwise because um, we really respect what the other one does and we count on them to have our back. So I know that if I come up with some rather preposterous kinds of approaches to dealing with solving a problem for a client Mm -hmm. and I come to Tom with it, he almost never says, are you crazy? (laughs) He never says that. He says, what the hell? (laughs) And and seldom just walks out of the room. (laughs) Seldom. No, and 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 our differences are 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 strengths. strengths. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, we complement each other very well. And it's Oh thank you. (laughs) Suck up. (laughs) Yes, and uh, (laughs) all right, we're getting out of control. Um and we don't have any cocktails either. No, no. That's Sadly. Place. I mean, it's happy hour somewhere. Somewhere. It's not just us collaborating. We collaborate with clients, yeah. as you very well know. Right. So it's a, you know, three-way collaboration. You know, however many people are involved. And you've never said, what the hell, Pete? You may have thought it. We have never. <laughs> we can't say that to yeah, I'd say I hope I'm a little bit more family than yeah, a customer because we go back m- yeah, many, many years. But as, as I think about as you're talking about this collaboration and makes me think from the creative aspect, you're not shooting down each other's ideas. No, we can't no. do that. Yeah. But so many times in corporate America, we do shoot down yeah. somebody else's idea and Something that I've learned through Second City, through improv, especially as it relates to creativity and yes and, bad ideas are bridges to good ideas. No ideas absolutely lead to nothing. And the the, the different styles that you guys have, when you come, maybe something completely out of the box, something preposterous, it's like, let's play with it. Let's, let's, Let's see what we can make of that. And I would, I would have to believe your clientele respects that. Of your company, I I hope so. I if think they so. It, you know, Some, if, if they yeah. see it that way. Sometimes clients come to us, especially in the first meeting or two, with preconceived notions. So it is that that 
in, thinking inside the box mm-hmm. totally that says, here's what I need. Okay. And they want us to tell them that I will give you what you need. Mm-hmm. But really, where we want to start is tell us about you, your business, your customers. Tell us about what problems you're trying to solve. Mm-hmm. Tell us why you believe you need a brochure or a sign or a website and how you would use those things. So we really try to to make them think differently about their situation. And sometimes it's really good. Sometimes we start down a path where we come into new ideas that they hadn't thought about Mm -hmm. before. And sometimes it doesn't work as easily because they're not ready to yet. Right. But it is that yes and let's pursue the conversation. Mm -hmm. Let's, you know, not, there's not one size fits all. For marketing, just like there isn't for anything else. Right. I, and as you're describing that, I'm going, so you're sitting there, and I'll, I'll tie it into improv. You're listening to your customer. You're listening mm-hmm. to your customer. You're probing and asking them questions right. before you decide where you think that they might go, even though they're coming to this preconceived notion. What Can you build, can you build me a website? Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> and tell me more about why you need a website. Exactly. Tell me more about yeah what your business does. And I would think on the website, is it for informational purposes or are you thinking about e-commerce and going down that path and, and, and whatever? Just out of curiosity, how long has Trusting Company been, been around? I, I don't remember. It'll be 30 years next year. 30 years next year. And the party is when? <laughs> next year. <laughs> next year. I was going to say right after this is over. Right. <laughs> and can you give the audience a variety of what type of industries, what type of clients that you guys we have in your portfolio? enjoy having a very diverse group um, of clients. We have some retail, both online e-commerce retail and brick and mortar. Most of our retail customers have both. Okay. Um, although we do have one who, she sells knitting patterns. Knitting patterns. Knitting patterns. And she also has um, videos and she does things called knit-alongs. And she has over um, probably about 150,000 hits on her YouTube videos now. 150,000? Thousand. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's really good at what she does. Yeah. So that's, yeah, we have those customers. We also have some professional services, attorneys, speakers. Mm -hmm. Well, we only have the best speaker. Yes, okay. and I'm not going to argue that point. <laughs> um, we have healthcare providers that we work with. Very diverse. Dentists, orthodontists, restaurants. Yes, restaurants. And you do more than just design websites and do that type mm-hmm. of stuff. We're really a full service firm. So um, if you are beginning a business and you need everything from logo development to strategy, we love doing strategy development too. Mm-hmm. Then we, we're perfect for you because we can do it all. Tom is really good at designing anything. Yes. We've done packaging. We've done yes. logos, billboards, which I don't like because I think it's graffiti, but we do them. <laughs> I, I try, I've talked more people out of them than we have done. Out of, out of a billboard. Yeah. Do, I don't are find still value. There? They're everywhere. Really? I just don't... See? That's what I'm saying. They're everywhere, but you don't see them. Or you see them and you just don't see them they're the at 65 or 70 miles an hour they are virtually impossible to make any impression how are you going to remember a phone number or a web address when you go well that's and plus they're just ugly (laughs) no offense to anybody that has a big billboard business out there (laughs) 
So you're a full-service firm that works with the smallest client, one-person paper-hanging show like myself, to larger organizations, yeah. providing them marketing assistance. Right. And, and many of our clients are multi-locations, so they may not have just one um, business. So we support them in different ways based on what that location needs. And we're coming to you from their office in Dublin, Ohio, which is a suburb of Columbus, Ohio. So I was asking this earlier because I didn't know this. I asked about the client base. Is it all here in central Ohio? And they said, no, they are. They have clients and I'll let you fill in the blanks. Well, I would 99.9% of our business is all referral. So, and I'll give you an example, a dentist that we've worked with for many years here, his best friend is in Raleigh, North Carolina referred us. So we now work with them. Um, And so that's how it's evolved. A client, long-term client that was here moved to Virginia. Um, Somebody from their office moved out to start her own business. She came back to us to work. So it's, it's mostly referral based. That's great. It is. It is. And, and it gives a, it opens up the conversation very readily because right away we have something in common. Right. And it's, and Obviously, they're either familiar with your work mm-hmm. or they've been told about your work. Right. That, that's outstanding. And, and I think you said you have a, even have a client. You have an international client if we want to consider Canada as being yes. international. Yes. I say international is any place that they have different money and you got to go through <laughs> customs. Yeah. That's, a, that's it. Too. That's yeah. international. You don't have to fly over the pond. Yep. Maybe from here you have to fly over the Great Lakes, but Canada is international, which is great. 30-year firm and... Do you ever vi- envision that you would have clients outside of the central Ohio area that, that you've been able to grow this business as big as it's gotten? You know, it has changed so much over the last 30 years as technology has changed and, and marketing and advertising has changed. It's, you know, I don't think I really had any, any solid predictions. We started out as an advertising agency, started out primarily doing automotive advertising, did hundreds of television commercials, hundreds of radio spots wrote and directed, newspaper ads in newspaper, well, even back then, newspaper ads here, newspaper ads in Washington, D.C., newspaper ads in Naples, Florida. So within that auto industry, we expanded a little bit outside of our of our neighborhood. Yeah. And I guess you know, it kind of, I just kind of, kind of, that was normal for us. And now with the internet, well, it's normal for pretty much any business. Right. And I'm thinking, how much of the newspaper advertising, radio advertising constitutes your total business? Um, if, if any. Nearly zero. <laughs> I was going to say because... We yeah. have one client that uses magazine advertising very successfully. Okay. Because of his audience. Because of his audience. Um, other than that, if you came to me and said, can you put me in a print ad, I'd have to sit... <laughs> You down and say, yes, and I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Could you put me in the Columbus Dispatch yeah. or, yeah, yeah, yeah the, the no, print media? Has, yeah. What has evolved more um, recently is that whole influencer kind of um, approach to business, which is finding those people that um, will talk about you and what you do. So bloggers okay. or PR. Basically, it's a new version of PR. Okay. And there is much more interest in that lately. And so we've been doing more of that for clients, trying to position them for interviews and to reach out to people that would influence their potential clients. 
Okay. So, and I also know that you you do a lot of writing, mm-hmm. and she's an excellent person to correct any writing. I'll vouch for that. <laughs> and, and I will. <laughs> I will vouch for that as well. Do you really meant to say this, right, Pete? <laughs> exactly, Claudia. And how much of that uh, of your day is spent on writing, whether it's writing articles, writing newsletters, writing stuff for your clients? It's probably anywhere between 3 and 50% of what I do, depending on the client. But web, web copy is really important. Mm-hmm. And, and while most clients want to write their own copy, they really don't do it. And that's okay because um, it's hard to put words down on paper. Right. It's much easier if we just interview them and, and find out what the, the important things are. Um, but we do a lot, also do a lot of um, e-newsletters, mm-hmm. blogging, social media, you know, those kinds of things. And, and you're sending out these newsletters to to that database uh, mm-hmm. that, that's given to you. What are you, are you putting anything in those news, the, the S, I guess, SEO? Is there an SEO involved in the newsletter aspect of in, it? There is in ways. Um, now, most newsletters, all newsletters, unless you're sending them out via your own email, which is not recommended, um, also have links to web pages. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's important. What's really most important, though, from from a user experience is that it sounds like the company that I'm doing business with or the person I'm doing business with. It appeals to what I'm interested in, or at least they offer enough information or enough variety mm-hmm. that I can find something out of each newsletter to like. And that it is um, graphically appealing. Okay. So, and I'll give you an example. We did a, we just put out an e-letter for our client yesterday. No, actually delivered this morning. Okay. And they um, have a very kind of dry business. It's, it goes to medical professionals, but it's only about vaccines. Okay. So you don't get to play around with that content a lot because it's based on being accurate. I mean, right. these are pretty serious. Yeah, yeah. So how do you make that more interesting? Well, it's the division of and the um, presentation of headlines, um, logos from the vendors, from the vaccine and the pharmaceutical vendors, mm-hmm. things that we can change about that, the look of that content without changing the content so that it still captures somebody's interest and they'll read it. So you're taking something that's extremely dry mm-hmm. and accurate, mm-hmm. putting it in a way that somebody would want to read it. Right. You work with accountants? <laughs> um, we work with you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm an accidental accountant. Because which made me think of, especially as we're coming up yeah. to tax season, I, you know, I, I know a few firms here in the central Ohio area that as you're saying this, I, I, I subconsciously have been doing this looking, I get their newsletters and I just kind of shake my head. Mm-hmm. It's not visually appealing. And it's just no offense, but I'm thinking very linear thought that I'm, I'm, I'm getting content out, right. but it's something about not opening it or, 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 or driving that yeah. for somebody to open. Um, and I think that's, that's a really good point. And I know I have an audience of CPAs and accountants, and I would just challenge you to take a look at your newsletter. If you're not getting mine, Log onto my webpage. Go. I also I am, I am going to put in the show notes a newsletter that they produce, and actually, in uh, this newsletter was one that they um, featured the website in to give you an idea of maybe you guys need to hire 
trusting company to, to spice up the newsletter because we're all getting lots of newsletters. And what, so I, I get, so let me ask you this question. You send a newsletter out, you get a database to say a thousand. Mm-hmm. What's a good average, is it called an open? Yeah. Percent. Opening rate. It varies by industry. Mm-hmm. And so there's statistics out there that are available that say, you know, if you're a not-for-profit, this is where you should go. If you're a retailer, this is where you should go. Um, most of the ones that we actually send out for our clients come in somewhere between 25 and 40% opening rates. Okay. And it depends on their business. And it also depends on whether or not they have any specific call to action. Those subject lines are really important okay. to creating interest too, mm-hmm. so that somebody will open them. But what we try to do is uh, work with the client to say, you know, here's the content that they clicked through and they really liked this content. This content Nobody cared about it. I okay. know you care about it, right. but your audience didn't care about it. But and so we can replicate the good stuff and right. eliminate the bad stuff. But that takes me down that down this path. There's a difference between an open rate and a click rate. Mm-hmm. So what's a what's a good click rate? Click rates really are much lower than that. There, if you're in the teens, you've got a pretty good click rate in general, unless it's something so specific like mm-hmm. uh, get a free. Mm-hmm. something or other. Those right. click rates go up much higher. But if you're offering three or four articles and there's a click-through opportunity to go to a blog posting, right. say, right. Um, they're going to be pretty small. Small being... In, and, in, and maybe if you get to 10 to 15, that's that's not so bad. And it, again, depends on the size of your list. Okay. So okay. if you're sending to 2,000 people and 10% of them click through, that's huge. Right. I mean, 200 people? Yes. Yeah. That's, that's fabulous. Right. If you're sending to... 50 people and 2% click through, still not so bad. Right. Okay. So that's, that's, so take a look uh, for those of you who are listening to this podcast and you have a newsletter, look at the analytics behind it, look at your mm-hmm. open rate, look at your click rate and, and see how, how, see how you're doing on, yeah. on that newsletter, because obviously that's one way of many ways to keep in front of your potential clients, your current clients and, and, and making sure that you stay in mm-hmm. front of them. The other thing that we look at is unsubscribes. Yes. Because if you, you're always going to get an unsubscribe. Right. I mean, I unsubscribe to things on a regular basis too. I need I mean, to check my database, make sure she has an unsubscribe for me. <laughs> never, you Pete, never. Um, I mean, we all do. It's right. like for, for a while you're interested in XYZ because you've got kids in high school. Kids right. get out of high school, you don't care about it anymore. Right, right. So we all unsubscribe, but if your rate jumps if it spikes for any reason, mm-hmm. that might be that the content isn't really all that, you know, acceptable okay. to the audience. And you can easily do surveys on that too. And, and you know, do a survey of your audience and say, what did you like? What didn't you like? Here's mm-hmm. two questions. Answer them, please. Okay. That's, that, that's good information to know. I don't think I, I, I don't think I would have thought about that, but yeah. And, and I know that there are many ways of gathering names to put in our database. And you always want to try to make those names as clean Mm-hmm. as possible uh, because I, I use MailChimp. Mm-hmm. And I know that if I put a, a bunch of names in there that aren't clean and I get started getting a lot of unsubscribes, they can pretty much shut me down. Exactly. They can. Um, most of those large email service providers mm-hmm. or ESPs, they work on the um, aggregate. So they're not going to punish Pete if unless you're way off the charts. They're going to put you right. in with a pool of you know a million other on, on an island of misfits? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> but a good list is far better than a mediocre list. Right. 
So just grabbing names. Yeah. You know, just soliciting like a, you know, it's not that's good. That's good. Yeah, like um here, I here, I'm gonna pass around a, a ball, throw your business card in here if you I'm gonna do a raffle for a book. Mm-hmm. Pull out a couple of names, but then you take that whole list of business cards. Well, I see this a lot at conferences. Yeah. Vendors they've got their their fishbowl there and people coming by picking up tchotchka and they're throwing their names in there. Well that goes to a database and that might not be what they're in of right. That business what for. we've suggested before to clients is, and we had a client um, recently go to a conference and they wanted to do just that, but they were giving something away. Right. So what I suggested is we take all of those names in the fishbowl mm-hmm. and we send them just those names an email announcing the winners. Okay. And with a button to subscribe. To opt in. Yeah. They can opt in. That's a great idea. That. And so it, it gave that person control over whether or not they would be you know, solicited in right. any way. That's, that's great advice. Um, I don't want to eat up too much of your guys' time because I know you're busy. It is a Friday afternoon, and I know you still got about eight hours of work to do. And, and, <laughs> that's and, right. And, and design and stuff. But uh, how can somebody from my audience, obviously they can go in and Google Trustee and Company, mm-hmm. but how can they contact you guys? What's the best way to reach you guys? The easiest way for people to um, contact us is to... Just go to trustyandcompany.com. It's T-R-U-S-T-Y-A-N-D-C-O-M-P-A-N-Y.com. Don't do as we do. Get a shorter name. (laughs) (laughs) Our name is way too long, but we've had it for way too long. Um, But at trustyandcompany.com, you will find all of our contact information. Okay. Or you can get a hold of me, Claudia, at trustyandcompany.com. Great. Tom, Claudia, thank you so very much for taking time. This has been fun. This has been fun. I told you we'd have a few laughs doing this. All right, guys, thank you very much. Hope you enjoy the um, upcoming episode. Now, that was a lot of fun and very informative interview as it relates to web design, search engine optimization, and how it plays with the Google. You heard throughout the interview the words collaboration, respect, listening, And of course, yes, and. Tom and Claudia spend time listening to their clients to understand their needs, their business, and what problems they are trying to solve. As Claudia stated, it's that yes, and attitude that helps them to connect with their clients and to come up with new ideas. One size does not fit all. Then they provide solutions to help their clients solve their problems. If you're looking for a full-service marketing firm that does wonderful work, and that will help solve your business issues, then contact Claudia at claudia at trustyandcompany.com. As you can tell, I really enjoyed this interview, and I hope you did also. If so, I would greatly appreciate if you would write a review on iTunes. I think Tom and Claudia would appreciate it as well. In episode 24, I interviewed Brett Riley, who is the career coach to millennials. Until next time, use the principles of improvisation and better collaborate with your clients.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.